from Green Biz Group, welcome to Center Stage, the best of live interviews from Green Biz events. I'm Joel McCower. We're not trying to criticize a company because we're against corporate power or we're against the existence of that company or that industry. If it's your company or in your industry, we're trying to find ways to solve problems. Michael Brune is executive director of the Sierra Club, America's largest grassroots environmental organization. I spoke with him at the Green Biz Conference in February 2017 in Phoenix, Arizona, about the importance of climate action at every scale in the public and private sectors, from global agreements to local pilot programs, from startups to multinational corporations. Let's listen in. Please join me in welcoming the executive director of the Sierra Club, Michael Brune. Right. Joel. Welcome. Um, I'm going to ask you the same question, start off with the same question that I asked uh, Andy Leonard the other day, which is that uh, she, she told us, by the way, that people in the NGO world don't say, how's, how's it going anymore? They say, nice to see you. Uh, so, <laughs> nice to see you. Nice to uh, see you. But how has is, how is your game plan changed uh, uh, over the past couple of months or so? Uh, not at all. Why do you ask? I've been reading things. I think I saw it literally on Twitter. Um, but you uh, didn't expect this. You didn't probably have a game plan for yeah. uh, this new administration. Is it, is, does it change anything, or is it kind of yeah. what yeah. you've always been doing? Yeah, I, um, I don't mean to be facetious. It's, I would say it's changed everything that we do, and it's changed nothing in terms of what we're doing. Uh, everything in the sense that um, like the, the, the way that we feel that change happens is a combination of action at the federal level, at the state level, and then in the private sector. So thanks to all of you who are driving change and being innovative and creative and uh, effective at helping to make sure that we're making progress on climate change and a range of environmental issues. Um, now we're sawing off one of those legs of the stool, and so the Sierra Club's response, along with a lot of other groups, is to resist that as much as we can. Sometimes that means challenging what the administration will be doing in court. Sometimes it means challenging it in the court of public opinion so that voters and other citizens are expressing their views on what the administration is doing. And a lot of times what that means is working at the state and local level to make progress in places that we're falling behind. Um, but a lot of what we're doing hasn't changed that much at all because, particularly on climate change, most of the way in which we're making progress right now, again, is in the private sector or locally. So when it comes to replacing coal plants with clean energy or not building new oil and gas pipelines in favor of advanced energy solutions, a lot of those, those decisions are made at the state and local level or in front of public utility commissions or whatnot. So that work, really trying to bring solutions into the marketplace on climate change and other issues, continues almost unabated and almost unchanged. Maybe we should step back for a second and talk a little bit about what the Sierra Club is. We, you are sort of, you know, we've had a lot of elephant metaphors here. We've had, you know, the elephant in the room and how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time. But you, this is the one about the blind man and the elephant who everybody sort of looks at it a slightly different way. Some people see you as 
uh, you do hikes and local activities. Some it's, it's you're out there protesting and and in Allah Greenpeace and other activist organizations. Uh, some you know, see you working in the local communities, climate justice. Act. Well, sure. Talk about the sort of the pillars or what you're focused on these days. Okay, sure. And, and a little bit about the membership. Just just give us a sort of okay. sketch. All right. Um, Okay, well, while we're taking a step back, first, thanks for inviting me here. Uh, and thanks in particular for creating this space. This is my first time at, at GreenBiz, and the, the space that you've created here is really important for the work that the Sierra Club does, so thank you. Uh, Sierra Club's mission is to explore, enjoy, and protect the planet. The first two parts, exploring and enjoying, are critical to what we do. Uh, we, we, we really do want to bring joy into the work of environmental advocacy. So we lead thousands thousands upon thousands of outings every year, uh, ranging from a two-hour hike in a local county park to a 14-day trek in the Himalayas. Um, we are an organization that is very volunteer-driven. We have more than 10,000 volunteers who have titles, who spend 20, 30 hours a week working, either leading those outings or working for environmental protection. And we have two and a half or 2.7 million members and supporters. This isn't people on a list. This is people who have taken action in some way over the last year. They put, all put in money? Have they all they, some of, Yeah, many of them make financial contributions. Many of them show up at marches or they'll testify at hearings or they'll engage in trying to make the world a better place in some way. So a lot of what people know the Sierra Club for is our advocacy efforts, whether it's working to, as I said before, replace coal plants with clean energy or protect millions of acres of uh, some of the more biological or culturally appropriate places, or whether it's um, working with uh, folks and companies in the private sector to drive change. We do, most of the work that we do is collaborative. Uh, occasionally, we will engage in a more uh, confrontational uh, approach to companies in the private sector, uh, but our goal is to work towards solutions, even if um, doing so might be a bit contentious along the way. You, you soft-pedal that sometimes we do get involved. I think, I'm not sure that's exactly how people in this room see Sierra Club, and I think they, some of them may see you as, as this activist group that comes in and, and tries to you know, get companies to do things that may or may not be something they are willing or able to do. Um, how do you view the business community? I know it's, it's a very broad, general question, but give us a sense of how you see the Sierra Club's role in working with or against or in any way connected to the business community. And I'm talking about the, particularly the mainstream big mm -hmm. companies that are in this room. Sure. Well, the way that we view the business community is what I said at the beginning, which is uh, critical agents in driving positive change on a range of environmental or civil rights or human rights issues. Um, most of the time, the way that we engage with uh, the business community is specifically towards driving towards solutions. So when we're working to uh, not uh, support a, a, a gas plant from being built and we're advocating for a range of clean energy solutions, most of the time the reason why we win is because we're partnering with the local business community who are saying that a combination of energy efficiency technologies and solar and wind and energy storage uh, will be a better solution for consumers. So we'll have large energy consumers who are working with us or companies in the clean tech space who are working with us. Um, other times, the way that we're engaging with the business community is through social media or online action or 
um, grassroots pressure where we're looking to push a company or push an industry to go farther. Um, and so to get real, uh, our approach in that is that we, we, we're not trying to criticize a company because we're against corporate power or we're against the existence of that company or that industry. If it's your company or in your industry, we're trying to find ways to solve problems. Our, our guiding belief is that most people, most companies, most institutions want to be a part of driving positive change. And our guiding belief is that people will uh, respond to criticism. I know that I'm doing my job well when if someone is criticizing me, I listen. I look for the truth in that criticism. I identify what I can be done to address that criticism. And then I make changes. And so that's our approach to dealing with companies uh, regardless of what industry they're in, is to say, here's, here's what the world needs. Here's what the ecological imperative is. We see an opportunity for your company to do more. Uh, and here's some uh, feedback from your customers or your investors or the general public to get there. And then we try to find a reasonable way, a reasonable timeline to meet those goals. And we try to listen to what companies are saying so that uh, we're coming up, at a mutually agree coming up to a mutually agreeable solution. That sounds good and constructive and positive. And I think in the, in, in the scheme of daily scheme of things, it doesn't always feel that easy. And, and, and I think one of the challenges that, and this isn't specifically about Sierra Club, although I would include Sierra Club in this bucket of, of organizations, is that I think a lot of companies feel that um, we can never be good enough. And, and, and it's, it's always stop this, do this, stop this, do this. And the one thing that they don't hear that I think would be an easy thing to do, but it would go a long way in the relationship is just five words. Thank you, now do more. Uh-huh. In other words, to, to say, we want you here. Yep. You're here. You got here, this is good, thank you. Yep. And, and the fact that they don't get that thanks is often frustrating, not just personally, but also the fact they're not getting the credit internally, yep. they're not getting the bite. They say, well, we did this and we're still not getting anything from yep. Sierra Club and, and why should we even bother to go here now? Yeah, sure. How do you, is that something that you, do you acknowledge that first of all, that, that may be something that yeah. you could do better? Yeah, sure. So what I'm hearing you say is that we emphasize on the last three words, the now do more and yes. not the first two words, the exactly. thank you. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. Uh, and I think it's uh, certainly something that the Sierra Club could do better, something that the environmental movement could do better on. It's something that uh, humans could do better at, right? Um, you know, I, I, uh, the Sierra Club is an anti-authoritarian, very democratic uh, organization made up of lots of change makers. So I'm the target of criticism and uh, desire from my own staff to do things, or volunteers or board to do things differently and or go further or go faster. And so when I'm putting my whole life force into making some kind of change and I feel as though I'm making some significant progress and then someone else is saying you gotta go farther, you gotta go faster, if my effort or if my progress isn't being acknowledged, it doesn't feel so good and it might not be all that motivating. So I do acknowledge that that dynamic is true. And uh, we are making a very sincere effort to acknowledge progress wherever we see it, whether it's a governor who uh, set a policy to advance clean energy, 40% of what we thought 
could be done or whether it's someone in the private sector going far but maybe not as far enough to solve the problem. Um, I see this as a, as a good uh, opportunity for us to not lose sight of where we need to go as a society, um, but also to measure progress along the way. I'm not trying to soft pedal this or to make it sound uh, better than what it really is. I do think that uh, a lot of the criticism of civil society or public policymakers or those in the private sector often is deserved because we are making progress as a country on climate change and many other issues, but that progress isn't enough. We do have to go farther. We do have to go faster. But I do think that offering positive feedback along the way is important. I want to talk about climate justice because that's something that I know is, uh, has become a, a, a core of, of your activities at the Sierra Club. And I also want to acknowledge that it's not something that, in fact, it's possible. I don't know for sure. That may be the first time those two words have been uttered in that order in this conference over the last three days. I don't know that it's been really part of our conversation, and, and it's and shame on us for that. Uh, we, we, will, we will try to do better going forward. But I'd like you to sort of talk about that. What is it, first of all, what does it mean to you? And, and where do you see the way, uh, role for the private sector in that movement. Okay, well just to move beyond the buzzword, if it, if it is a buzzword, uh, what climate justice means uh, pretty simply is just that everybody should benefit from the transition to clean energy. And it's an acknowledgement that uh, you could make, a person can make a good case that the two biggest challenges right now facing society are climate change and inequality. And they are linked. Uh, we have an opportunity as we transition towards clean energy to make sure that the prosperity in the clean energy sector uh, is shared among uh, a wider percentage of the population than might otherwise be. And that uh, low-income communities, communities of color, who may not have access to electric vehicles, they have it. Uh, they do have that access. Or they may not have the ability to uh, in, uh, enjoy clean energy in the electric sector, that they do have an opportunity to participate in that sector of the economy. But climate justice also means that the tens of thousands of people who still work in the coal mining industry, they have a role in this clean energy economy. Or those who are currently employed in oil and gas rigs or building pipelines, that they have uh, a, a place in a clean energy economy. Addressing the, the opportunity to have clean energy prosperity be more broadly shared is one part, making sure that the communities who are on the front lines who are facing a disproportionate share of the pollution from fossil fuels, that they're a part of this, but also making sure that the people in Appalachia or those who are working on rigs in the Gulf or who might be constructing pipelines, that they see a role for themselves and their families. They see a way of life uh, in this economy as it, as it becomes more vibrant and larger. What are you doing? What's the Sierra Club program around climate justice? Lots of stuff. Uh, so part of what we're doing, what, one, one program that we have is uh, what we call our Ready for 100 campaign, which is to get cities, uh, universities, companies to make a commitment to go to 100% clean energy and to make that transition in a way that works for workers or all residents in that particular city. So there's a large equity component to that, to that work. Another part of what we're doing is as we are uh, advocating for coal plants and in, in increasingly gas plants to be replaced by clean energy uh, through our litigation, through our organizing, through our lobbying, we are negotiating uh, settlements for the workers who work in those coal plants or those gas plants, 
uh, also the people in those coal mines. And then from a, from a lobbying and organizing perspective, we're working to push Congress uh, to pass the Reclaim Act and other bills that would offer support to coal field communities and economic diversity, opportunities for economic diversity for those communities. Um, also working to protect the pensions of uh, coal miners, et cetera. Do you, how do you work, is there a role for companies there? Um, do you take corporate money? Uh, we do. We have a business partnerships program where we, as I said before, we have 2.7 million members and supporters, and so we work with uh, a number of companies um, to basically offer access to our members. Um, and so we, we do take some corporate money. We have pretty strict screens. Well, what, tell us about the screens. Who wouldn't you take money from? I would imagine a fossil fuel company. It's not being offered, but yes, we would not take money from the fossil fuel company. We won't, don't take money from uh, the federal government or state governments. Um, you know, we, we, we're mission oriented, right? So we will partner with companies who we feel have a, a strong, uh, proven track record in working towards environmental solutions. Yeah. So in, in the climate justice, what, what's your ask of, of these, uh, these people, this, the business community? What would, how could they be helpful? I'll say two things uh, to be really specific. One is um, to make a commitment for your company to move all the way towards 100% clean energy and to think through regardless of what your company does, what you produce, what part of the uh, sector you're in, to think through how that transition could be made in a way that works for the communities in which you're op you operate and the customers that you serve. Um, the second piece, we haven't really talked that much about our new president and the challenges that we're facing in our democracy, um, but the second request I have is to find a way to engage. Uh, I do think that we are in a critical moment in our country's history. There are severe threats to our democracy. I understand that uh, it's easy for an advocacy group like the Sierra Club to engage in this, and it's much more different and difficult uh, for those in the private sector to find ways to engage that uh, don't threaten your customer base or um, alienate investors. But it's critical that you do engage, uh, whether it's uh, encouraging your employees and your customers to register to vote, or whether it's considering holding town hall meetings uh, where representatives of Congress can come into your, uh, your company's headquarters or an office along with the general public so that there can be an increased dialogue and increased understanding uh, and perhaps a reconciliation of opposing views, um, to step away from uh, politics or democracy, I think, in this moment is, is, a, is a bigger risk than actually engaging. So I do acknowledge the complexity in that, but I, I, I wish that more companies would uh, be vocal and be, be active in ways that work for you. Let's see if we can fit in a quick question, Elaine. Yep. Did not mean to step on your applause line, Southern. <laughs> um, yeah, so one question is about your position on carbon pricing as an effective way to drive down greenhouse gases. So even if it's not necessarily carbon pricing at the government level, which a lot of our folks uh, may not be able to influence but can be activists around, um, specifically maybe even internal carbon pricing within companies. Uh, our our position is supportive. You know, the, the details often matter, but generally speaking, we think that we need to put a price on carbon. We recognize that it can be done in a lot of different ways internally or uh, at the city, much less state and federal level, so we do support it. 
conceptually. And then, you know, there will be times when we, uh, when we have advocated strongly for um, bills in Congress that would do that, or at the state level, and then sometimes the, the, the actual policy equation doesn't work and we oppose. But uh, now and for the long term, we're supportive of carbon pricing. We think it's important. I'm sure you saw the Republican, uh, moderate Republican carbon. Mm-hmm. Do you work across the aisle? Are you able to reach across at all with uh, yeah. find allies, or are you pretty much on the one side? No, we definitely work across the aisle. The Sierra Club's been around for 125 years. We've had uh, executive leadership who have been Republicans for a long time. We make thousands of uh, endorsements in each political cycle of Democrats and Republicans. Um, so we do work across the aisle. I have to say, though, that right now, particularly at the federal level, it's hard to be bipartisan. It's, it, uh, the, the fact of the matter is that you have most of the Republican Party who uh, is hostile to science, hostile to action on climate change, and it makes it very, very difficult to uh, engage at a human, real level with people who aren't acknowledging facts. Are there a few that are sort of behind the, behind the curtain uh, are willing to talk with you? They just can't be public about it? There are, but that's not valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not valuable for someone to say off camera when the mics are off, off screen, I agree with you. And then every time they have an opportunity to vote, they, they don't vote the right way. Yeah, so right. um, I get we're that. looking for real change. Yeah, aren't we all? Uh, thank you for working across this aisle uh, with the business community. Uh, we really appreciate it. Please join me in thanking Mike Brune. You've been listening to Michael Brune, Executive Director of the Sierra Club, in conversation at the Green Biz 17 conference. For more Center Stage podcasts, go to greenbiz.com slash centerstage. And while you're there, tune into Green Biz 350, our weekly podcast covering the news and the people behind the news in sustainable business and clean technology. For all of us here at Green Biz Group, I'm Joel McCower. Thanks for listening.